Welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Asia Bonia. And I'm Charles Sheeland, the other host, and we're back this week starting the second book of our current series, I've Lost Count, on the podcast, The Giver Quartet by Lois Lowry, which, as I say every time, it's not technically a series, it's a quartet. It's a set of books, but we wrapped up the first book, The Giver, last week, and now we're heading into the first half of book two, Gathering Blue. And as we always like to say, for anyone who is new to the show, we're a podcast on the Nerd Party Network. We're best friends, and we're reading and rereading young adult literature from our childhood and adolescence and sharing these books with each other. And as you probably know, Charles has somewhat read these before, but I'm a complete newcomer to the series. And the newcomer gets to give a plot summary in case you didn't read along with us, so you're on summary duty. Yes, I am. So diving right in, we meet our protagonist, Kira, who lives in a rather different sort of community than Jonas's. It's more medieval and violent, and Kira starts by performing the morning rites as her mother has just died at the beginning of the book. And other women in the town now want to cast Kira out because she was born with a lame leg. So her future is decided on by the elders who decide to spare her and instead move her into a government building and take care of her as she has now been tasked with restoring the ceremonial robe of this community as she is a naturally talented embroiderer. She's now learning how to dye the yarn and embroider it, but she's also discovering that there are some secrets in her community that she needs some answers to. So for my first impression of the reading, I honestly thought it was kind of slow and pretty boring, honestly. <laughs> it took me a while to finish this one, but I think it's just because we haven't really gotten to any of the exciting stuff because... It was all just like set up, like setting the setting, introducing the characters, and like, yes, Kira's a very interesting protagonist, I guess, but we just haven't really gotten like anything deeper into the story besides introducing to the world. And like, there was only like two interesting things I feel like that I wrote down that I was like, oh, what's gonna happen with that, which we'll dive into a little bit later. But I don't know. What about you, Charles? Did you say you've read this one before? I, I have read this one before, and I actually like this one better than The Giver. Did you find The Giver slow at the beginning? No, I thought The Giver... I think maybe I just... I think I enjoyed Jonas's character a little more because I feel like he started to question the rules of the society really early on, whereas we're not really getting that with Kira right now. Like, Also, I mean, their society doesn't need, seem to be nearly as like extreme, so yeah, I think maybe that the fact that Jonas's community is like very clearly a different world was probably more interesting to you as a reader. Whereas for me, I like that sort of like almost realism of Kira's world. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like I like this one better than The Giver, and so far, I still like it better than The Giver. I really I'm really drawn to Kira as a character because she's talented and she's she's smart, but she's not like. Crazy, crazy smart. Like like you said, she's not that intellectually curious, like questioning, you know, why do things have to be so unfair and uneven? But she's like survival smart, you know. She's making it last, you know, in a world that clearly does not want her. 
And I just kind of like that the book is, like, unlike anything else we've read for the show. But I kind of felt that way about The Giver, too. So that's kind of... I'm... This definitely feels less, like, young adulty, like, something you would read for fun. It definitely is, like, more of, like, food for thought. But I don't know. I don't mind that. So, but... I respect that it was definitely a slower reading. I think it was just a slow start. Like, I think, like, well, you'll see as we get into the further into the episode, like, where we left off, like, it was like, oh, we're finally getting something interesting. Like, this was just all rising action and explanation. I just feel like nothing really exciting happened. So it was just a lot of just setup. Sure. Well, let's dive in. We'll get through the setup, and the next week we'll have action, I think. I don't know. Who knows? Well... So, like you said, we meet Kira, and her mother Katrina just passed away, and Kira is born with a twisted leg, so she has a lame leg, but she's been, spent her whole life, like, trying to find other ways than sort of traditional manual labor to be useful in the community, and because we find out that traditionally someone in her community would have just been cast out and left out for the beasts, quote-unquote, in the field, they would have just been basically left to die in her community, so that's kind of dark, like Jonas's world. Yeah, and that's definitely a dark piece of world building. But another more interesting, less dark piece is that we learned that how many syllables are in your name correlates to your age. Like when you're first born and they call them tykes, you have a one-syllable name. And then once you cross over into puberty, you get your second syllable. And then once you kind of reach like middle adulthood you get the third syllable and then the oldest we've been introduced to is like older i'm guessing like 65 plus or something there they have four syllables so i was just with that as the like rule of the land like does that mean that people can only get names that like will eventually come out to be four syllables because like they say like christopher is like one like i was just like how does that work because even kira like what is her name going to turn into when she gets her third syllable. Kira Beth? I don't know. But then Kira Beth, what, what's after that? I have no idea. I mean, Christopher, what are you going to add to Christopher to get a fourth I, syllable? I don't know, because I was like, Christopher, I was like, well, first of all, I guess it would have been Chris, and then Christo, would, I, I guess that could be a name. Kristoff. Oh, Kristoff. Then Christopher, but like, what's after that? Christopherson. I don't know. I just was thinking I like about sun, that. There's I feel certain, like they add suns and A's. Because there's certain names little, that, like, definitely. Like, Anne, uh, Belle, Belle, Love. Uh, like, that one makes sense. Like that was very clear. But the other ones, I'm like, how did you get to that? But. Well, J- Jameson. J- what was his name? Jame? Jam? Jam? And then became James. Is James and then really Jameson. Too... No, James is one, like. James is one syllable. But then when it became... James. But it became James, James, or something. James. Hameson. <laughs> See, if we just pronounced it Spanish, that would have made it work. What would... Asia. So you have an age. Asia. Asia la. Asia la la. I don't know. <laughs> I'm making it up as I go. Charles, you definitely can't go any further than Char. Charles. Charles. That Charles is already two syllables. You don't have to make it, but there's no way you can add a third syllable. Well, the, but yes, the name is Charlesly. Okay, lovely. Well, the names definitely get crazy. <laughs> They've got to get longer and crazier, apparently. Yes, and or we just kill them off. And then the first big conflict. 
is that Bandara and, and some other women in the community want to feed Kira to the beasts so that they can take her, like, space. Because their, like, hut house that she had with her mother, it burnt down. Or they burnt it. They burnt it down burned because, it her because her mother... disease. Yeah, because her mother was sick. So they burn everything so that no one else will get infected. But they want to evict her from her space to make a pen to hold their toddlers and chickens together so already i was like what kind of world is this it sounds like you have more of a problem with the chickens and toddlers being together than the fact that they want to evict kira well because that's i feel like the detail that would be like looked over because obviously yes it's an issue that they're trying to evict kira from where she lives but like they're gonna put the chickens and the kids together like She's she's just bitter because as when she was a tyke, her name was Van. And then And then she was a Vanda in puberty, she was Vandar. Vandar. And now she's Vandara. Vandar. Poor thing. Like she that's why she's so bitter. <laughs> yeah, I the name thing, that's definitely probably the most interesting part of the story <laughs> so far. But it never caught my attention, but now, you know, you've really I mean, yeah, that's like, is it fully possible? But anyway, I also, as we were doing the reading, I kind of wanted to keep an eye on things that, you know, tied or separated this from the giver, because even though it's not a a series, a traditional series, like I'm assuming there's going to be some connections, even if it's just parallels between the different kinds of worlds. So I like was noting that, you know, it's very interesting that in this like village that they that Kira talks about how there's no pleasantries, like, greeting each other as part of their customs, while in The Giver, like, it's the complete opposite. Like, they were forbidden from being rude ever. So, like, two, like, opposite ends of the spectrum. And also, like, just in this community, it's clear that, like, survival seems to be the only thing that truly matters. Like, it's not really that civilized. Like, the women were, like, on the verge of, like, being ready to stone Kira to death so that they could get her space. Like, definitely little... Barbaric. It's barbaric. And, like, yeah, no, it's it's barbaric. And, you know, not to go back to the Hunger Games, but, like, you know how we talked in the Hunger Games about how you have these opposite poles of the capital being, like, the excesses of capitalism and District 13 being the excesses of communism... We don't have quite the exact same thing going on here, but, like, we kind of have a similar thing between Jonas's community and Kira's, because Jonas's community is pretty communist, or at least insofar as, like, there was no discussion of wages, there's no discussion of wealth. Everyone is just working to, like, help the community flourish. Yeah. But, like, therefore they have to suppress certain things to make that sustainable, which isn't humane. And then Kira clearly lives in a world where there are some wealthier people and some poorer people, like excesses of capitalism, and that also is not that sustainable. Like, I think that the way you just pointed out those that opposite between those two really, like, crystallized that for me. Like, that, you know, these two worlds or communities or whatever, we don't know how they're related, but the fact that they exist in the same, like, emotional mental universe is kind of actually setting up that same conflict that we just dealt with in Pan Am. So thank you for leading me to that thought. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Back to the barbarism at hand. So 
Also, they're going to make Kira basically go to court on her own behalf against a full-grown adult. So, like, she has to go, like, defend her position in court or in front of the elders against a woman. Like, she's a child, and she's going to have to, like, defend her right to live against an adult. That's also pretty barbaric. I don't know. When I was reading that, I was like, oh, my God, this is not right. Yeah, I wasn't really that surprised with, you know, the chickens and the toddlers together, the ready to stone people to death, you know. Pretty, we're going back in time. But then when we get to the court, of of course, there are only men on the court. And we also learn that women aren't allowed to read. They are not allowed to learn how to read in this society. So, yeah, not really liking this community. But So that really, you know, sets the tone for... It's, bar- it's barbaric and medieval. Also, when they're in the courtroom or whatever it is, Vandara says that Kira eats too much, and Kira's like, I do eat too much, but I'll eat less. I just want to live. Like, that was so heartbreaking. I was really moved when I was reading that. Like, Asia clearly was not moved. Asia was like, this book is moving too slow for me. Yeah, I was like, I mean, to me, that was just like, she eats too much. I was like, okay. Like, when something exciting can happen? (laughs) I was like, this poor girl is literally like, I will starve myself just so I don't have to die. Well, of course. I'd starve myself, too, if they were going to kill me. <laughs> well, luckily, Jameson steps in. Ha, meson. And apparently he knew Kira's father, so he defends Kira. And now she's going to live in, like, the special place with a special task of restoring the singer's robe and completing it. So there's a singer in their community. And every year he, like, sings the history of their community And apparently he needs his robe and his staff to tell him what the history of the community is. And it's all decrepit. So Kira is going to fix up his robe and complete it because there's a bunch of, like, blank history spots on it, I guess. Yes, and then we should just really emphasize, because obviously since she's being tasked with this, she's really, really talented at embroidery. Like, it's quite the gift for her, and this is sort of her saving grace Like, this is her, like, one true skill, which this also reminds me of how the society is similar to The Giver, where, you know, once you're no longer useful, they just get rid of you. So, but instead of getting released, like in The Giver, you get sent to this field of beasts. And at least in The Giver, it seems like they have more, like, modern medicine because... Kira talks about, like, her mother taught her, like, about, like, plants and herbs and, like, how to heal, like, simple things. Like, and we haven't really, I feel like there's not necessarily, like, doctors or anything in this where it's clear, like, in The Giver, like, Jonas, like, talks about taking lots of pills and stuff. Like, it's clearly, like, they have modern medicine, but it doesn't seem like they have that in this world. Yeah. It's, um, the parallel about, like, the society kind of treating you as disposable is not one that I noticed. And I think that's because the worlds kind of in that way feel very different. Like one of them feels like it's um, a post 20th century and the other one feels kind of pre 20th century. But yeah, again, I think that that's something that we'll like keep an eye on as the book series or set continues. And, you know, you just pointed out, so Kira's guild with this embroidery And that's the reason I really loved this book when I first read it. And, like, I still, like, prefer it. Because 
stop laughing at me. Keep us in the That's episode. You like you like to knit, so like you see yourself in Kira, I guess. Yeah, I used to, I needlepoint. I can sew a little bit, and I knit and crochet. Like I like Kira has this ability with yarn and thread because I saw myself in her. I don't know, but I think it's I think it's sweet. I guess I just like it's like. I don't have an issue with, like, her having the talent, but I think this idea, like, I mean, which we'll talk about in a second, like, she talks about how, like, it just flows through her fingers and she can do it, and I'm like, that just doesn't make any sense. So, like, until I get some... Okay, well, I have a rebuttal for that, but let's get to that point in the episode first. Okay. Okay. Well, now she's going to live in this big building, and she's... (laughs) She's like, I'll go wash in the stream every morning, because she can't figure out the bathroom. But again, that's because she was literally living in a hovel before. Yeah, not to interrupt, but the only thing I was thinking about during that section was, like, I just can't even imagine living without running water. Like, okay, well. Like, just walking, like, every day, got to go to the stream. Like, how do they go to the bathroom? They dig holes in the ground. Do you want me to give you a Harry Potter reference or no? No. Okay, we're skipping it. Those of you that are deep cut Harry Potter fans, you know what I'm thinking of. And, but I will forgive this interruption this one time because it actually brings up something I wanted to say. So when they're in the courtroom and then also, like, when Kira moves into the building, they're like, food will be brought. And I was just thinking, I was like, Asia and I are both such picky eaters. We would not do well in a society where even, like, where, like, even, like, these, you know, elevated citizens, like, they bring food to people because we'd be like, I don't want to eat that. I guess, but, like, in that society where it's, like, that or starve to death, I think I'd be eating the food. But, like, maybe, I guess. I'm more worried about the lack of running water. (laughs) That, to me, seems like a bigger deal. Because, like, hygiene. I don't think it... Like, Hygiene was a big concern. You know, when you were just, like, trying to survive. I can't imagine. Oh, so stinky. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Like, her little friend Matt. Yeah, he's always always a mess. mess. So, Kira's now going to learn how to dye thread as well. So... Her mother were like, was going to teach her, but then she didn't because her mom died. And so Kira's going to go to Annabella, who's going to teach her how to dye yarn. And importantly, her mother could dye yarn, but she couldn't dye the color blue. And apparently Annabella is going to help her on her journey of dyeing yarn. Yeah, I think that was the most boring <laughs> section of the book. <laughs> When she goes Whereas to, I was like, oh, yeah. She goes to like Annabella and section. she's like, this dyes this color. This dyes this color. And I was like, am I studying how to dye thread right now? Wait, you said that was boring? That was like my favorite part. It was the worst part of the book. I was like, <laughs> also like, okay, I understand like setting this scene. But like it went on for pages and pages. Like <laughs> matters for red. Like this is for yellow. You learned something. I did learn something because it said it so many times. Uh, so, yes, I didn't like that. But while we're talking about the embroidery, one of the things that, like, oh, what what is this thing that's going on? <laughs> she has this little piece of fabric that she's embroidered, I guess, and she, like, keeps it in her pocket, and, like, it talks to her. Like, it's giving her <laughs> feelings. And she'll be like, it'll be like, stop, don't do that. And I'm like, what are we reading? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> this piece, no, it doesn't. There's a piece of cloth. She's like... When it doesn't talk to her. It basically does. Like when Matt's like danger, no, it's like danger. It's like, like it's like flashing red danger alert. It's emotional comfort. It's not 
active. It's like how can she, have like I keep know. a rocket, a pebble in their pocket? Those people are crazy. Those, <laughs> those, are, those people are not those are crazy. They have some, Do you keep a pebble in your pocket? The, do you carry? You not say that. Do you carry something that? Do you carry something with you that speaks to you? No, but I did as a child. I guess I forget that she's a kid, but like, it's for me. I There's how it's described. It's <laughs> how it's described to me. Like it's like it's talking to her, and like I guess I'm just like, I don't know. I'm. I, don't I think know. you read that wrong. It's, I don't think it's talking to her in that way. Like I've always thought it was more like sort of a, like a subconscious, like. No, it's definitely coming, like, from inside. I know that, but I think I just, I didn't like the description of it. Like, I just didn't, I don't know. I guess maybe, too, like, since we're reading from, like, such a younger child's perspective, like, I don't, I think I just personally don't enjoy reading from that young of a perspective. Just, like, when we read from Lyra's, like, obviously, this book's not in first person, but, like, reading with the main character so so young, I think I just don't enjoy that as much because I don't relate Okay. Anymore? Did you, when you dance, don't you sometimes feel like that a piece of choreography or music like speaks to you that like it feels alive in you in like a way that like other pieces don't? But not in like a physical object. But you're doing something physical with your body. Yeah, but that's me as a person. I understand. But this is her embroidering. I understand the description. I'm just saying I didn't like it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I understood. Okay, that's fine. You're not allowed like to it. not it's like not it. It's not that I don't understand. I understood it. And I, like what you're saying, like, it's a subconscious thing. It's her way of kind of expressing her feelings to herself. Like, whereas I'm like, just use your feelings. <laughs> like, I guess I'm just. <laughs> just use your that's words. That's just <laughs> I don't think like that, at least not anymore. So, like, for me, I just didn't really enjoy that. Well, that I understand and respect. That's fine. You're allowed to to feel that way. <laughs> I'm just, like, trying really hard to get you to like this book, and it's just, like, not working. Yeah. But that's fine. I hated Percy Jackson. I shouldn't say that. I didn't hate Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson was also, like, I didn't like I didn't like Percy Jackson when we read it because it's for kids. I was like, these are children. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, And I don't think this book is, like, on level Percy Jackson, but it is, like, some things that I'm, like, I think I just, I just don't, I don't personally relate. Also, hardcore listeners of this podcast will know that there's a big element in stories that Asia likes that this series does not have. Crickets? Am I supposed to say what it is? Do you know what it is? What it doesn't have for me? Romance. Yes. It has no romance. That's, <laughs> that's also what I was thinking. I, don't like, I was like, there's no romance. That's also why I don't like children's story because she's too young. <laughs> she's too young to be thinking about things like that. No, she's like, I don't want to die. I got to eat less so I don't die. Okay, anyway. Back to the present book. So we also find out there's a little boy named Thomas who's also an orphan, and he's a carver. He's got this natural talent with carving as well. And he also is living in this building, and he's carving the staff for the singer. And he has the same thing where he feels like the wood speaks to him. And... What I find really interesting when I was reading it with Kira and with him, and when they talk about it, it kind of sounds like it might not last forever. I don't have a particular quote or moment where it, like, but it kind of felt like there was an implication that this talent, this sort of innate ability to do it, to craft, isn't going to last forever. Like, and I think that's really interesting, and I think that's something to, like, keep an eye on, 
if that's something that we see. I don't know if you felt that way, Asia, but it's definitely something that I was aware of because like, if you remember at the end of his Dark Materials, Lyra loses the ability to read the alethiometer because she's no longer innocent, like because she's now becoming an adult. And I don't know if it's going to be something quite so explicit of like, yeah, now they're adults, now they can't carve. But like the fact that like it's like a gift that could be taken away or like, I don't know. That's something that I just thought was interesting. So I was like, I wonder if you noticed that. I did notice that. And yeah, it is something we can keep an eye on in this book and for like the rest of the series, if that's a continuing theme. But I also wanted to mention the other, you know, single interesting event that happened throughout the reading is that Thomas hears this crying noise in the middle of the night. It's mentioned once, like pretty early on, like right when she first meets him. And I noted it right there because I was like, ooh, this could be something. You know, we're grasping at straws. So, like, (laughs) and he says that it sounds like a child or something. So I was like, oh, child crying. That has to be something. Well, thank you for mentioning it because when it first happened, I ignored it. And then it was the cliffhanger at the end of the reading. And I was like, I should have written that down. I'm not going to go back and write it down. And then you wrote it down for me. So that was great. Thank you for covering that for me. Because I was like, who cares? This baby crying. It's like, she's just trying to do her embroidery. <laughs> and then, like you said, we she starts to go meet Annabella, and she starts to learn the dyes, which is super interesting. Super boring. There will be a test at the end. And she starts to restore the robe, and she's doing really well, which is nice, because, like, it would be really anticlimactic if she was, like, bad at it. But she's doing a good job. And most importantly, though, one time she goes to visit Annabella, And Annabella says, there are no beasts. She's like, the growls that you hear are humans trying to keep you afraid. Which, this was the second interesting thing that I noticed of the two things. Because obviously, well, that begs the question, you know, what humans are trying to scare people and why, why are they trying to scare people? Why do they want to keep these people out of the woods And the biggest question of all is what really happened to Kira's father? Because throughout this story, we've, or we and Kira have been told that her father was taken by beasts when he went on the hunt and he died before she was born. So like, was it other humans that took him? Was, did his hunting group turn on him and kill him? Did he just run off into the woods and I don't know, live with wolves or something like Anything could be possible, and anything would make this story more interesting. So I'm very excited to find out. I'm so offended right now. Well, it's something we'll like. That should be on a t-shirt. Anything is would be more interesting. No, anything is possible, and anything would make this story more interesting. Yeah. That's our gonna be our first piece of throwback paperback merch. Actually, I feel like we've got we have to go back through some old episodes. There might be some really quotable things we've said. Yeah. Well, it's definitely something we will look out for. You know, the only thing to keep Asia interested in this book series, and also other things of interest to those of us who have other interests. Annabella says that the blue is over yonder, whatever that means. Like she kind of makes it sound like. Kira's going to have to travel to a different community to go get indigo to dye things blue. Or, like, she'll have to go somewhere else. She'll have to meet someone from somewhere else. She doesn't necessarily say indigo, but I'm just assuming because, you know, indigo is a plant that 
we use to dye things blue. So, like, that would be an obvious choice. But it kind of feels like that's, like, a metaphor that's waiting to happen. Like, Kira having to go over yonder to, you know, dye some things blue. And the title... I think... I miss that because when she starts talking about the colors, I I tune out while I'm reading. It's okay. like, oh, let's get to something interesting. I don't know. Um, what's the title of this book? Gathering Blue. Okay. Oh, I guess that makes sense. So obviously, Charles just spoiled the whole book. She's going to go on a journey. I didn't spoil Maybe the book. I don't know what happens. she'll find her dad in the fields of blue indigo. But I'm just saying, like, it's very clear. I mean, it's brought up many times that she cannot die blue and that her mother Maybe couldn't die blue. Maybe her dad is the beast, like in Beauty and the Beast. But instead of it being a love story, it's her, like, finding her dad. Maybe. That's it, isn't it? That's it the story, be. isn't it? I just predicted the whole thing. Or her dad could thing. be Jonas's father. And just killing babies with lethal injections. Coo, coo, coo. No, that doesn't make sense. I'm still waiting for Jonas to make an appearance. I'm like 99% sure he doesn't make an appearance in this book. I'm hopeful because that will also be another that would definitely be a plot twist. to add to the very short list. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, this book it needs a plot twist to keep me going. Okay. That was rude. But at this point, the only plot is going to be like, matter doesn't actually mean red, it's blue. <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. But, We're in book club podcast yes. purgatory now. But that pretty much leaves <laughs> us with our last cliffhanger for the reading because Kira, Thomas, and Matt decide that they're going to go explore the floor below them where they believe the crying baby noise is coming from because Thomas says he heard it again and he's like, I've never explored the building. So they're going to go on some mystery adventure, they say. As one of them dies? Well, if someone has to die, I hope it's Matt because I was like, he's stinky. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you had a you had a reason someone you wanted someone to die i was like i just think he'll die for if someone's gonna die it's gonna be him for plot purposes <laughs> but you were like i don't want him to live he's annoying and he talks in that terrible um accent like broken english like it's reminding me of southern lyra <laughs> It does like, kind of sound hate, like Southern Lyra. Lyra. I hate reading like that because I'm like, I can hear it in my head. But you didn't, like when you read Toni Morrison and Zora Neale Hurston and they write, you know, in dialects, that doesn't, you don't hate that, do you? For who? Toni Morrison and Zora Neale Hurston. Was that? Like prominent was- black authors who write like in black Creole like dialects. I, it's just like, well, for this character, for um, Matt's... Matt, it's annoying because he's a kid. He's annoying. And also, like, I'm imagining this dirty little boy, like, running around. <laughs> so it's like, it's more than just how he speaks. Lyra, how she spoke, it was just ridiculous to me because she's supposed to be <laughs> this, like, dignified little girl living at, what, Oxford College. And she's like... <laughs> Come on, y'all, let's go. And I'm like, why is she from She's like, I ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna go. I'm gonna go up to Balbanger. I'm gonna go north and be away from my mother and my father and Mrs. Courtney. She she's so She was evil. Texan. Whereas Asia's imagining her like, 
Mrs. Coulter. <laughs> That's exactly how I imagine her voice coming out. She was a Southern Belle, but not really. She she was a mess. Okay, there is no no literary proof or reason for Lyra to have a Southern accent. It should be a British accent. Probably like an Oxford accent. Maybe like a Oxford Cockney. Like a more a common Oxford rather than like a highbrow. But Lyra definitely did not sound like Yorick, Yorick Burnison. I'm going to go get my golden compass. No, but definitely for this book, it's more just like Matt is like dirty and like I feel like he's a bad influence. <laughs> and he's got that little That's grimy gross. dog, which like the, the dog, dog is doesn't. Gross. But the dog doesn't have to die. I don't think any of them are going to die. But I was like. Matt's got to (laughs) go. Okay, well. (laughs) I brought up the death as a joke. But apparently Asia already had a plan for it. And I think we'll (laughs) wrap it up there because, well, we have to get Asia back into the book so that she can be interested again. Yeah, that's going to be a challenge. Okay, well, we're going to finish Gathering Blue for next week. So hopefully we'll get some cliffhanger resolved so if you do read along finish up the book for next week and as always if you have any predictions theories or questions remember that you can stay in touch with us about anything on the nerd party website just head over to nerdparty.com contact and select throwback paperback you can send us an email there and get in touch with the network on twitter at join nerd party or on instagram at the nerd party or facebook.com slash the nerd party and to find me, I'm at AsiaBonia on Twitter and at Asia.Bonia on Instagram. And I'm at CEGLind on Twitter and at Seashells on Instagram. And if you enjoyed this, make sure that you rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. And of course, tell Asia that the book is great. And you can check out the other amazing podcasts on the Nerd Party Network. And make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss us next week. Yep, hit that subscribe and have a good one. We'll see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.